Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. Your That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, Uh-oh. Kissel. What's up, buddy? Woo. Man, another day in the fucking city of angels. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You can't trust this fucking city. No, you can't. You really can't. I, I know. think that that's the one thing about Los Angeles. We I've let it into enough of my spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, Natalie's really happy here. Wendy, this is the only environment she isn't comfortable. She's comfortable in because she's seven pounds. Good, and um, she's a Chihuahua. She's a she's literally just a a, a tiny little c- creature that needs sunshine twenty four seven. That's right. Uh, but it is uh, not a place to be trusted. No. I don't understand how people have kids here. No, absolutely not. Literally, the entire industry is based on lies. It's Hollywood. Yes. That is no- yes. why I, I'm just happy. It seems like Hollywood is, you know, no longer attempting to be the moral authority of the country. I've seen some photos from my friends who live in L.A. It seems like there's some parties going on. There's people still are some having fun. Going on. That's good. That's what, it, no, that's what Hollywood is for. Fun and parties. That's what it's for. That's it. It is. That's it. It is supposed to be. We're making movies, and that's it. That's it. Um, all right, everyone. Welcome to Side Stories. I am Ben Kissel with Hollywood Henry Zabrowski. Obviously. Yeah. Oh. There he is, auditioning Man. for the next big role of Polish Newsy. Oh, paper for you, sir. Only five drugots. Oh. Only five drugots for the paper. That's my Polish newsy face. I actually watched this documentary about a Polish artist that I believe is named Suzlaki, um, <laughs> that was discovered by uh, a family member of, of Leo Decaps, my old buddy, Mr. DiCaprio. Uh-huh. Uh, and apparently he had some, huh, in the most Polish way possible, he became, he was an artist, a sculptor, became fascinated with the ancient, art of like the Mesoamericans, like all the kind of the Central Americans, that kind of art that's like old school Aztec shit. So this all was, that or so his art is uh Central American Aztec art through the mind of a pole. Through of the mind of someone man. who is Polish. Okay. And so we created these giant bird headed Polish warriors and it was supposed <laughs> to be about getting back to the purity of the heart of the Polish warrior and, uh-huh. and what and like well, our ancient peoples where they came from. But it happened to sort of coincide with what the Nazis were doing mm. in the Fool Society about really praising just how magical white people used mm-hmm, to be. Mm-hmm. And so he um 
You end up ruining everything for him. All right, there it is. Classic, classic <laughs> Polish story. Well, speaking of ruining everything uh, for them, there has been many a career that has been ruined, specifically in the aforementioned Hollywood, when it comes to Nexium. So we have a small update on the Nexium cult. Of course, we don't know anything yet the, uh, about what... Um, sentence or what the trial is going to look like for the leader, Keith Rainier, but a couple of the underlings are uh, are really um, seeing the heat right now from the justice. Rainier from, from, from is, our justice system. Rainier is fucked. Oh, yeah. He is absolutely fucked. We, we covered Nexium. If you want to look at one of the first side stories we ever did, we just did sort of our version of a deep dive back when we were kind of figuring out what the show was, so you can kind of get a breakdown of what this sex cult was all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we now, his second, we now know that his second in command, Allison Mack, who actually won Best Sidekick in a TV series uh, for the, I believe, in the Kids' Choice Awards really? for the CW Superman drama. She won it in 2006 and 2007. That's Smallville, right? That is Smallville. Yeah. She ended up, uh, she is now given, uh, she is now pleaded guilty okay. for her role as the right-hand woman in the sex slave cult, Nexium, and she was fucking balling. Uh-oh. Really selling how sorry she is. She said, according to Allison Mack, I'm here to plead guilty before you, Honor. I must take full responsibility for my conduct. I am very sorry for my role in this case. I am very sorry to my family and to the good people. I hurt through my misguided adherence to Keith Rainier's teaching. So somebody is about to be rolling, rolling, rolling. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Rainier is fucked. Yes, he is. And I'll tell you one thing. With that kind of performance, I'm just going to predict once she's out of prison... We have an Oscar nomination coming. It is obvious. Yeah, she can she can just get those waterworks going. And you know, when you're going to court, you can't cry on the uh, outside. Doesn't matter if you're crying going in. You gotta cry on command. You gotta know. You got ten minutes. You got ten minutes to make a statement. You gotta start crying. Sporting a beige sweater, black pants, and leopard print shoes, and a brown straw piercing her bun, (laughs) the 36 year old confessed to being part of a secret master slave group within Nixium called DOS. Mac had been facing sex trafficking charges. Prosecutors allege women in DOS were branded with Rainier's initials and groomed to have sex with them, but they were not among the counts she pleaded to Monday. Interesting. However, she still admitted to keeping a slave uh, she instructed women in the group to maybe quote unquote perform services for me yeah but it's not- she said the system was designed to make them think they could suffer serious harm if they didn't perform the services oh. quote unquote all oh, lots of quotes lots of quotes yeah it's not freaking triple a the services i think you can just say if they don't have sex with keith rainier i don't think we need to have like the services like wink wink what could that be i have no idea installing a surround sound system (laughs) i was a member of a secret society founded by keith rainier mac told the court i concealed keith rainier's role as the head of DOS. She said she believed Rainier's intention were to help people, quote-unquote, uh-huh. but she was quote-unquote wrong and <laughs> vowed to be a better person. Asked if she had a clear head, Mac admitted she had one beer last night. 
<laughs> you know what? I honestly don't know. That's one of the funniest things. Uh, I, I, Michael Cohen. When Michael Cohen was giving his testimony to the judge, too, the judge is like, do you have a clear mind? He's like, I had a couple of glasses of whiskey. Does it really? Are, are you okay? Come on. I mean, come on, people. It's like Alex Jones be like, I had the chili. I, uh, I don't know. I had chili. I'm not sure if I could even drive right now. I certainly don't have a clear ass. <laughs> um, uh, Ali, uh, Mr. Jones, uh, that's in contempt of court. No, this is, uh, I, I love to see how sorry she is now. She's it, so sorry. Absolutely. She, of course. Because honestly, because that's what really, and that's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. I wanted well, to hear a sorry. That's it. I say let her go. It is important to have remorse when you start branding people and um, <laughs> selling them into or forcing them or coercing them into sexual slavery. Uh, Nexium co-founder, it's not just Allison Mack. Obviously, she is the celebrity face behind this uh, cult scandal. Nexium co-founder also uh, pled guilty in a New York sex slave case. This is Nancy Salmon. Uh, she is a registered nurse who is also known as Prefect uh, yeah, dude. within the embattled upstate New York self-help organization. So this is what she had to say. She says, uh, this is in court. Obviously, once again, she is choking back tears, but she did not fully cry. Not an actress. Not an actress. Not an actress. She, she said, does not remember the bad auditions. No. Nope. Because if you really want to cry, a really good way to do is remember the time <sighs> you were oh, yeah. auditioning to play Fat Man Eats Burger, and they tell you, next time, all right, great take, great take, Henry. Um, Next time, a little less. Yep. Yep. No, it's always great whenever I would walk into an audition that I just no longer do because I could tell it was completely futile. Their look, <laughs> the look of on their faces when they were like, "Oh, I guess we'll have to put the camera up, huh? We'll have to put the cameras." Like, <laughs> I'm not going to get this, you am just I? Started grabbing <laughs> these casting so it's, it's being like, "You'll have to call the police on me." Other than the having to take off my shirt and spin around like a jackass, the other <laughs> worst audition was when I didn't get to play Sasquatch and I did this whole like. <laughs> like grunting thing and then the guy in the room who was like with the company was just like super mean and all the casting directors were like no 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 we we talk to them we talk like that after they leave that's what we say about them behind their back but he was just a corporate dude he's like that was the worst thing i have ever seen i can't why did sasquatch wouldn't sound like that and i'm like we never even heard sasquatch why are you being Honestly, so we mean have. to me we have Kissel. Oh. And if there's actually a currently uh, ESPN covered the uh, Sasquatch calling competition, which is true. Really? Sasquatch. It has sort of like a yelp. It, it goes like a oh! Like it's a high <laughs> call. That is, actually, well, that is true. Well, apparently I didn't prepare enough for my role no. as a Sasquatch. I had the walk no, down, didn't. though. So this is according to Nancy Salzman. Again, uh, I mean, some people put her on par with Keith Rainier. She was Absolutely. yeah, she was in charge of the money. She was making sure this whole thing worked out. Keith Rainier, like most idiot cult leaders, was just there to have sex with a bunch of people. Well that's what he thought. He just thought he could inspire enough people to do all the hard work for a long period of time. And it does work out for a couple of months yeah. until well, people don't become psychic or you don't open the portal to the next dimension and then you have to move the deadline. And, of course, this worked out for a lot more than a couple of months. Let's not forget, uh, Rainier was on the cover of Forbes magazine. Oh, yeah. I think Oprah talked about him. Like This was mm -hmm. a mainstream, quote-unquote, self-help 
group. So that's what's so interesting about this. So this is according to Salesman. She says, it has taken some time and soul searching to come to this place. I bet. I'm sure it did. A lot of a lot of legal, um, a lot of lawyers telling you that you're completely and utterly fucked as well. Um, yep. That might have helped her, uh, as opposed to the soul searching, come to the place <laughs> that she finds herself now. This is what she had to say. She continues, I accept that some of what I did was not just wrong, but criminal. If I could go back and do it all over again, I would. But I can't. Wow. She is as brave as Patricia Arquette, who has allowed herself to look vaguely disgusting in the act. (laughs) This is just what a brave woman. This is incredible. Very brave. And of course, let's not forget, Ranier, he's 58 years old. He was arrested in 2018 in Mexico and is currently being held without bail in Brooklyn on sex trafficking charges. At the time of his capture, Mac was living in her luxury villa in Puerto Vallarta. Um, That's according uh, to the court papers. And I got to say, for Mr. Rainier, I think he's learning the hard way that his motivational speaking doesn't mean he doesn't get his ass kicked on a regular basis in a Brooklyn jail because that is one of the places you don't want to be. You are fucked, buddy. You are fucked, and they're going to come and get you, dude. Every one of your soldiers is turning on you. This is what always happens. So this is why they end up killing everybody. This is why Colts end up committing suicide. Yeah. Because at some point, you understand the guns start turning inward, and then you need to close up shop. And so that's one way to do it without having to deal with the embarrassment of sitting in a jail cell. At one point, you were God. Now you are just shaky the clown's fucking uh, celly. And all of a sudden, it's you with a guy who's like, ah. I'm in here because I couldn't go to the bathroom legally. And then that's his only explanation. Now you're fucked. Oh, you know, he sits in a room with a cutout of Alice and Mac going, come to me. Come to me. It's like nothing's uh, happening. Well, she'll definitely uh, be in a cell herself for a little bit of time. The sentencing for a salesman is set for July 10th. I'm assume uh, that's a similar time frame uh, for Alice and Mac. So we'll see what deal they got. Obviously, both pleading guilty. Tends to me they struck a deal with prosecutors. And mm-hmm. again, as Henry mentioned, Keith is the, the head of the snake, the tip of the spear, and uh, that's the person uh, that federal authorities and uh, state authorities would like to see behind bars for the longest amount of time. Because, of course, this whole thing would not have existed without his strange mind. And it's another story, much like Jonestown, uh, much like the, the, the uh, what was it, the People's Temple there? Is that the call? What was the name of Jim Jones's? The People's Temple. Yeah. You remember. Um, Look at yeah. that. You got all those facts in there. I get all the facts in there. Um, but you know what? It, if Keith Rainier was just not uh, a bad person, he probably could have actually helped people. Because it seems I, like he had some good philosophies. But uh, then, of course, he does the branding and he gets a God complex and the whole thing falls apart. He did the thing apart. where he... He helped rich people stay rich. Right, right. So if you already have a lot of capital, it's easy to make money because money seems to attract money. Yeah. Like if just spending money, that's what they tell all these people who are rich is that basically you spend, you dump it into the system and it comes back out. That's what you're supposed to do. Or you just hoard it. Right, Like you're a Mr. Buffett who is just sitting there and he's got the same pairs of shoes for the last 20 years. Every day. Well, you know, that's interesting. And you do wonder if that's one of the reasons... Uh, that he got 
busted um, the same way that Bernie Madoff. What Bernie Madoff did, many people have done to middle class and poor people, and they don't see a day in a jail cell. Bernie Madoff ripped off rich people, and in some ways, Keith Rainier ripped off rich people, and then they're like, nobody, I'm sorry, we're not we're not having any stain on us. This is the thing I want to talk about, possibly with Marcus on the show, too, because I want to get his thoughts. I watched the, uh, the documentary that Lance Bass put out about Lou Pearlman. Oh, I didn't know that existed. It's on YouTube. I don't like, I didn't subscribe to YouTube, but I, I got it. Okay. I went and I got, the, I got the documentary, and I think that it's very interesting. This concept of Ponzi schemes, at some point, you become almost like I wonder if there's like a, a category of criminal that's like serial killer, but for financial crimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where at some point, Lou Pearlman was he did correct with the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I mean, not personally, not spiritually, not like as a person, but in terms of he was successful. Oh like yeah, he, absolutely. He, he engineered these guys. He dumped a lot of money into these guys. He he got, got them training. He put them out there. He got them distribution. He did all of these sort of like, and then obviously everything was wrong. He fu- he fucked them over deeply. Yeah, and 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 in terms also himself. But when Backstreet Boys and NSYNC finally got out of the contract from him, he became a weaponized financial criminal. Where mm. all of a sudden he is purposely ruining people's lives especially the poor where he's getting whatever money that he they had he would just suck it all up and then that was it and essentially yeah. just lie with all these like mm. kind of fake uh financial reports or the same thing that Bertie Madoff did the same thing that uh Jordan Belfort did where you just start making up statements and right. sending it back and forth but uh, there's in in America financial death it seems to be almost as real as physical death, where you oh, can yeah. ruin somebody's life so thoroughly financially yeah. because because of the way our system works, because we don't really take care of our people in the systematic way that we should. Right, right. You can make someone almost like you. I mean, but what my dad used to talk about. He used to talk about it's like I'm worth more dead than alive. Yeah, no, and he was absolutely. like that that concept where it's like you just all of a sudden you are a non-entity. You right. cannot enter into the American world because well, you don't have any way to buy the ticket. And I think that was a way of, of older Hollywood thinking. Hopefully they've changed, but you look at Harvey Weinstein as well. A lot of the people um, that he that they, he said, you better have sex with me or else, a lot of the people who accepted the or else and did not have sex with them argue, um, I think, uh, Sorvino's daughter, I forget her name, she was in the- Mira Sorvino? Mira, yeah, she says that he just ruined her career. She said, yeah. after that, after I didn't have sex with him, it was done. That's the power when they talk about the powerful. That's the power they have. Yeah, absolutely. And then Blue Perlman is just wiping you out. Right. What happens when you got zero dollars in luck. your bank account? Like, you're fucked. You're fucked. I mean, what are you going to do? Get a lawyer? I don't think so. No one's working for Lance Bass uh, pro bono, you know? Um, Well, they actually, they ended up getting theirs, because that was the idea, is they got out, and then they ended up having their their career fucking took off even farther than it was. mm -hmm. But it's a very interesting story. I I just wonder, because Bernie Madoff, too, and I think Bernie Madoff doesn't get as much attention only because he ripped off the rich, so people don't have as much sympathy towards the rich yeah where like other dudes just kind of take whoever is willing well, to get i would like to know uh what was it uh lao what was that band that said, talked about abercrombie uh, abercrombie and fitch all those when it was just like nothing but boy bands 
for like yes. 1990s. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. It was a horrible song, but I would like to. That know, was his other kit. That, that was, was his other, other Lou Pearlman. I would group. like yeah. to see how much money those dudes actually have because I guarantee you that contract was horrible. Well, speaking of boy bands, the first boy bands of all time. Where did they occur? Where were they at? They were on the Disney Channel. A oh. body was found at the home of missing original Disney Mouseketeer. Dennis Day. A body was found at his, and by the way, you got to read this article. It's in USA Today. They show a little picture of Dennis when he was a Mouseketeer. And for some reason, television, when it was just black and white and starting out, was really scary. It's fucking horrifying. What's his name? <laughs> his name is Dennis Day. Um, so a body was found at the home of Dennis Day, an original Ugh. Disney Musketeer. Oh God! And I hate it when he's old that oh, he's got the Mickey he got the Mickey Mouse hat bat on. Oh man, he looks like he's he escaped from the home. <laughs> he really does look like he might have escaped uh, from a mental health facility. Uh, he's a, an original Musketeer who has been missing for over eight months. The human remains have not been identified, and the investigation is ongoing. That's according to Captain Tim Fox. A spokesperson for the Oregon State Police. On Thursday, April 4th, 2019, the Medford Assault and Death Investigation Unit was contacted by Phoenix Police Department after human remains were discovered at 510 Pine Street in Phoenix. Day is 76 years old. He's a Mouseketeer with the Mickey Mouse Club for two years in the mid-1950s and was once amongst the most famous child performers on American television. He danced and sang on millions of black and white TVs across the nation, wherein the iconic Mickey Mouse ear beanie and sweaters emblazoned with his name. So the original Mouseketeer, I didn't even think that any of them would still be alive. It's strange to see him as an older person. It's very horrifying because all of those little boys and little girls, I mean, the the, the girls kind of grew up to women, like Annette Finuccello, oh, Shannon yeah, being kind of sexy yeah. later on. And kind of stuff, but like they keep their little boys' faces. But then they grow into these like drifters, like around the little boys' faces. So you look at him, and it's haunting because if you just cut out the eyes, nose, and mouth, it's a little boy. Yeah. But then you put it on somebody who like looks like he hunts little boys. Oh, but oh. like a body. Uh, uh, but this is sad, though. Dennis Day, he was married to his husband, Ernest Caswell, in 2011. Day has not been seen since July when he vanished from his small town. He left behind his beloved cat and dog and Ernest uh, Caswell, who they have been together for more than 45 years. He suffers dementia and memory problems. Oh, so that's really sad. But then it seems like they it sounds like they might have found his body. Yes, they found it in. They don't know what the remains are, but they are at this place, 510 Pine Street, and they think it's Dennis Day. Um, so Day's rural home and property had been previously searched along with local cemeteries and canals, but nothing was found. That's until Lieutenant Jeff Price of Phoenix Police Department told USA Today two months ago that Day's car was found about 200 miles away uh, on the Oregon coast in possession of two strangers who claimed Day let them borrow it. Oh, yeah. It was impounded by Oregon State Police and later searched, but there was no sign of foul play other than the fact he might have his remains uh, in a home somewhere. So I would be looking into these two dudes who just like... He gave me the car. I have never in my life actually heard of anyone being like, have my car. I have never heard of that. It never happens. The, the conversation of trying to get my grandfather to stop driving, right, to give up his car, 
was one of those being like, you don't think I didn't kill Mussolini with my own bare hands for you to come and take my car? Like, they're not going to, he's not going to give up his car. No. He shouldn't be driving. Probably not. He's a 76-year-old mouseketeer, but nonetheless. No. With dementia. He should be driving. Every single like, old man, as soon as they grab the wheel, they just they're Charleston Haston, and they're like, "From my cold, dead hands." It used to be easier to be a man, but now everybody's fighting the men. Unfortunately, it might very well be taken uh, from them by their cold, dead hands after they start a massive highway pileup, and then well, there's a yeah, lot of other dead people too. So. When the jaws of life come and peel them from the car, <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say this out there. If you're a grandmother right now, first of all, nice. Good job. But um, if uh, if you are and you're having trouble seeing, just give up the car. Let him drive you. Think about it as a status symbol. Yeah. Get, get you know what I mean? Uber. It's like a chauffeur. Look at that. Get an Uber. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have them take you to wherever your dimension-laden mind is taking you, which has got to be, I don't know where that's going to go. Like, is it just like Uber's going to start getting weird requests to like, take me to the rabbit store? Why not? Of course, go to a fun pet store. Take them to a field somewhere and say everything's no. for sale. <laughs> Have fun with it. No, I mean, I think. If- get, take their money for the flowers that they pull out. <laughs> Out of the field, be like, that'll be five bucks. <laughs> Thank well, you, Creekor. <laughs> that is a scam. I'm sure there would be a lot of trips to the VFW. I do wish the only thing I've never wanted to be in combat. I've watched a lot of war documentaries. Looks really stressful. Uh, yeah. But the one thing I do wish I could have is a conversation about the war days at a VFW because they seem really fun, even though no one's smiling and all the stories are really sad. But it seems like they're having fun. VFWs are fun. It's fun to be a part of the uncles who survived. Yes. But when you go to those places, what you can do is, what will happen to us in our 80s, it's going to be us sitting being like, you remember when we watched the Gulf War be over in three days on television? (laughs) Yeah, I remember. Do you remember that time we learned that Marcus used to get farted all over when he was a boy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Shame he died. Oh, the old. In that shovel accident. Oh, my goodness. You got to use rubber shovels at some point. After mm-hmm. Marcus turns 70, I'm <laughs> buying him nothing but rubber rubber shovels. I'm going to start a whole industry on rubber shovels. We'll go. We'll hire people to pre-dig holes. We'll put we'll put the big dirt out there yes. and be like, oh, Marcus, look at the hard work you did yesterday. And he's like, I was digging. Yes. Like, yeah, Marcus. You, <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> just like when just like whenever they plant a tree on the White House lawn, the dumpy president, whoever that president happens to be, puts one scoop on top. And then they're like, take Done. a picture. And it's like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> but yes, Marcus, you did all the digging. Um, speaking of missing people, I oh want to quickly goodness. go over this story. The story of the disappearance of Timothy Pitson. Now, oh, yes. On May 11, 2011, six-year-old American boy Timothy James Pitson was dropped off at school in Aurora, Illinois by his father, James Pitson. He was picked up shortly after by his mother, Amy Fry Pitson. About an hour after his father had dropped off Timothy, Amy Pitson, an estranged wife, picked him up. Inciting a family emergency that was not real, took him on this various tour of amusement parks and resorts where she called uh, the father's brother and her mother and basically saying, I've got Timothy. Don't worry about it. They did this little tour. Next thing you know, her body is found death, dead of apparent suicide. Yeah, uh, with a suicide note that said that apologized for the message she created, and she explained that Timothy would never be found, but was safe with people who would care for him. Ugh. And so last week, 
a dude, this drifter guy. Yeah. It was, I guess, I forget that he was, he was being picked up for some crime. I believe it was for, it was a, a burglary, third degree felony, vandalism. And he said, I'm Timothy Pitson, but they just did the DNA uh, work to see if there was a match, and it was not a match. He was lying, so Timothy Pitson is still missing. There is something about this story that is fucking haunting. Mm. It's this whole, it, it's this breakdown that she did, this statement that she made saying, Timothy is fine, he is safe with people, Ooh. you will never find him. Yeah, that sounds like he might be safe with the angels, and she wants to go join him, and obviously uh, she did commit suicide, but I'm not sure if she's hanging out with the angels. This is according to the family. Uh, they got the DNA sample from Pitson's maternal grandmother, Alana Anderson. Uh, this is according to Anderson. Uh, she says, it has been awful. We've been on tenter hooks um, ever since this happened. She also added that the family has been alternatively hopeful and frightened. Uh, Timothy's aunt, Kara Jacobs, says, it's devastating. It's like reliving the day all over again. Timothy's father is devastated once again. So, you know, this story of this guy I guess just trying to get out of trouble. It seems, you know, not the biggest deal, but then you got to think about the family and just being jerked around like that by some random 23-year-old vagrant is, uh, you know, that's, that's I'm going to say at the very least inappropriate. Yes, I mean, it's a good grab. It's a good idea. He sort of looks like it. He's a, he's a haunting looking. Have you seen the, the picture of the dude? Yeah, yeah. He does look like one of those, what a real orphan looks like. Yeah. Like not a Hollywood orphan. He just looks like somebody who has just never had anybody to love him one time, but he's got a boyish face like a musketeer, which is also what happened to a lot of these musketeers. Yep. They're getting turned out. Yeah. Now, police found, they found the knife that Fry Pitson had used to kill herself. It had just her blood on it, mm. but then a concerning amount of blood belonging to Timothy was found in the car, but also her cell phone was missing. So we not really know, it's like, we don't know what happened. Right. But for me, it sounds like maybe, just maybe, she was murdered. And the son was taken as a result. Could be. Could be that. Could be a murder-suicide. And that somebody wrote the note. But where's the body? We have no clue where where Timothy is. Obviously, uh, that is the big question here. Jim Pitson, that's the father. Uh, this is really sad. He said uh, this is the final words he had with his son, Timothy. Timothy uh, Pitson told the channel about the last morning he dropped off his son. This is what he said. He said, I love you, Daddy. And I said, I love you, buddy. And he said, I love you too, Daddy. And I'll see you later. And I'm like, okay. And I watched him Jesus run off Christ. to class. So, God, my God, that Lord is like, Kissel. that's so sad. God, so fucking sad. All right. You well. know, you just never know what's happening. You can't, I guess what it really just shows, you can't trust mommy. Not all the never time. Never trust mommy uh -oh. because mommy's got bats in her belfry. Mommy's not feeling well today, and sometimes mommy's frown can be deadly. <laughs> I love that new Lady Gaga song. Um, it's fun. So that's a little update on Timothy Pitson, but the next story here, this is actually really interesting, and uh, I know Henry really wanted to talk about this, and it takes place in my birth state. I was I was born in North Dakota, and this you were born in North Dakota. Yeah, I was one of the biggest babies the uh, the hospital have ever has ever seen. And if you know anything about North Dakotians, they're a big people. They uh, are big people. So they they have to ship you out like in a U-Haul. <laughs> no, not quite, <laughs> not quite, but close enough. You so, fucking piece of uh, shit. I know what you're going for here, buddy. So this is about a carpenter who's been charged with killing four people. I love 
this story. There's something about this. Again, I, I, again, love is never the right word in these situations. Intrigued no. by this story. You're right. Let me put my intrigue hat on. Sorry, I'm listening to a lot of, I've been listening to Serial for the first time. I'd never listened to it. And the way she is like horny for Adnan the whole time is very strange. Yeah. Uh, so I am putting that lens on. Uh, so North Dakota, multiple homicide. A chiropractor is charged in killing four at a management office. Now, mm. it's, very, it's a very kind of twisty and turny story that's just beginning. Right. But I've got my eyeballs on it. Chad Isaac, who was a well-known chiropractor, which we had one in Clearwater, too. Oh, yeah. My dad used to go to chiropractors all the time because he had horrible arthritis. Now, I believe, I, I am not a fan of chiropractic Carpractory? Carpractory. Well, there's a lot of debate about whether or not it's real doctrine. I don't. I used to go. I went a couple of times. Uh, the, I mean, the guy was fine. It's just the cra- the sound of bones cracking all day long when you're a chiropractor. Just crack, like, crack. Oh, they used to put you on this thing, and then they would it, you would lay down flat, facing the ground, and then they would push your back into this little like slit, like like H. Oh, H. Yeah. Holmes made this thing. And crack, just, crack. Oh, I, oh, it still gives me shivers. I told you my story about me as a boy about how um, my mom had hid this chocolate cake that she used to get from Costco that was my favorite thing on the face <laughs> of the planet as a little, little kid. It's like double chocolate thing covered with your curly chocolate shavings on top of it. Ooh, I loved it. But I was only supposed to have one piece, right? So my mom was uh, out of the house, and so I was just like this kid. I was probably like a Eleven or so. I wanted that cake real bad. Oh yeah! And so I'm rushing down there. My mom leaves the house. I rush to go down the stairs. My mom had these old plank wooden stairs going down to the basement. This is in New York. I fall down all the way on my back, like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Completely just destroy. I knock two uh, vertebrae out of alignment in my my lower spine. Yeah. I still get the cake, right? I crawl <laughs> on my hands and knees. I get to the cake, and I eat a chunk of it, right? Put it right. So, cut to. Oh, like she's I not going to notice. You just yeah, did, sure. That's what I used to do with my former roommate, Cap, all the time when I ate his food. I'd be like, he's yes. not going to notice if I have half of the sandwich. No it's way. Just a half. He doesn't know. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So I go to the chiropractor 
because I have to go, Mommy, my butt hurts. My butt hurts. Because I was saying, my butt hurts again. I didn't tell her what run had happened. Uh-oh. And so when I went into the, uh, I went to the, I had to sit on a pillow. My mom gave me a pillow to sit on. I went to the chiropractor, and he's like, well, we got to loosen this up. So he put me on this triangle facing down, oh, right, with my yeah. face on the mat. And he pulled my pants down around my ankles. It's true. <laughs> he put electrodes all over the top of my butt, uh-huh. and it did, in order to zap me to release the muscles so he could snap it all back into place. I don't know what he was doing. No idea. But he, I'm in, posi- I'm in position, and I remember him being like, "I'll be right back. You have to let the charges go." He goes, he closes the door, it doesn't latch, so the door just opens slowly back up as this family comes past and sees just a nude boy. <laughs> Covered in chocolate cake. Yeah. Oh my God, uh, I anyway. remember that. Honestly, the only thing that I like about a chiropractor, if you've ever been there, the, the instrument they use to see if your spine is straight, when they rub it all over your spine, it feels really good. That's the only thing it's- I like about it. It's very erotic, Kissel. It's like a weird erotic memory. Well, it feels it feels really good. Also, at 11 years old, I was sneaking whiskey already from anywhere I could get it. But <laughs> evidently, you were still in the chocolate phase cake of childhood. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> but this chiropractor murdered four people. Oh, A local chiropractor, he was charged with four counts of murder. So we had like a funny chiropractor, and he was like a local funny chiropractor. Okay. We had like funny little signs and shit. So what he says, he went to this place called RJR Maintenance, which was a building, like a project management site. Okay. And he shot four people. Jesus. He walked in, he shot the owner, and he shot the owner, Robert Fackler, who's co-owner, and then he shot Adam Fuhrer, 42, Luis Cobb, 45, and her husband, William Cobb, shot him to death. Oh. Uh, and then left. But it seems to be, there's no motive, we don't know why, but it's this highly orchestrated murder. He showed up in bright clothes. With a gun. He's a, he's a Navy man. It's like, and he's known in the neighborhood. He's known in the neighborhood. Well, why would he wear bright clothes? Wouldn't this be a time to put See? the camo on? Listen, shoots all four of them. In security cam that is found. Oh. He arrives in bright clothes. He emerges in all dark clothing. He changed his uh. clothes while inside to camo and black and a, and a bavaclava, whatever you call that, baklava. And gets back into, not his truck, he steals an RJR management truck and drives it to where he has pre-parked his car to some other place where then he ends up bagging all of his stuff. He collected all of the shelves, but he not only shot them to death, he also stabbed them to death. Yeah. So he shot four of them. And then stabbed them. What the after hell? After shooting them. What happened here? I mean. Don't know. They said it, he was a model tenant. That is crazy. So this was his property management company. This yeah. was the people he was paying rent to for his for his yes. house. Okay, um, it was something. He was getting some kind of revenge. I guess so. He's being hard. Uh, he's being uh, held on a bond that has been set for one million dollars. Uh, he faces a maximum of life without parole for each of the murder counts. So it doesn't look like he'll be getting out anytime soon. And the cops, uh, they stopped him. They, they recognized uh, this car that he had uh, stolen. He was detained during a traffic stop. And uh, officers conducted a search in the vehicle, and this is according to police. They say evidence discovered on Isaac and in the vehicle provided probable cause to place Isaac under arrest for the murders. That is just freaking scary to think it's that this man f- has his hands all over the bones of everyone in this mm, town. i got to get to them bones. Ugh. It's like people who want to be podiatrists or like butthole doctors where it's like all day long you just do you go to these you know that the feet my feet are horrible yeah my butthole is almost worse 
And the I'm idea of sure your, your job is all day to go like, all right, let me check it out. You have to have some kind of fetish, right? In a little, a little bit. Hey, man, all I know is every single surgeon I have ever met is really, really insane. <laughs> Very um, nuts. Which I am going to block out of my brain when I start needing surgery because I need to have the belief that my body is in hands of someone who is not needing a beer in the morning to stop shaking. It is like I need to believe that they're there, they're professional, and they're not going to kill me. But in reality, no, but when you I meet know a surgeon a in the wild, yeah, <laughs> meeting a surgeon in the wild and you see how hard they're partying oh at the hotel God. bar and you like ask them like, oh, what are you doing? You're like, I'm a surgeon. Meanwhile, he's slugging back three fingers of Johnny Walker Black. Yeah. You're like, so you're here for like a conference? He's like, nah, I've been shipped in for a special surgery. I got to be in there at 7 a.m. Yeah. It's like, it is midnight. <laughs> oh, man. Well, with any luck, it's Dick Cheney's fourth heart surgery and uh, might not Just go so well. Just fucking choke him to death. Just put the pillow over his fucking face. All right. Well, let's let's lighten the mood a little bit. This is it's time for our hero of the week. And we actually we have a new we were going to try out that someone sent another uh, version of the hero of the week theme. If we want to hear it. Let's do that. This was put together by a person named Alex. Recordings of number stations. I love listening to them. It is. It can be. All right, there it is. That is great. Thank you, Alex. Hero of the week. That's great. All right, the hero of the week. It is a. It's an artist. An artist plans to carve the biggest wooden bong. Why would he do it? Because there is a town called Wooden Bong, and that town is in Australia. It is a renowned for its big tourist attractions. And an artist from Northern South Wales reckons he has come up with the most extraordinary attraction yet: a giant wooden bong. The man's name is Paul Pearson. He makes bongs, devices commonly used to smoke cannabis. Commonly used to smoke cannabis. Yeah, Exactly. Paul- you know, when have you? When has anybody honestly slit open a bunch of Marlboro Lights and just loaded up a bong with it? <laughs> it says for tobacco use only. So Paul it Pearson, is. you are the hero of the week. This is what he had to say. He said, "I've always had an interest in bong making and art. I've been doing it all my life." He says, "I've made uh, I've made bongs out of dolls, plastic lobsters, vases, exhaust pipes, everything." Uh, now, is it you? This should be. I'm looking at a picture of it now. It looks like the. um, It looks. I. I don't think he has the bowl for it yet. Um, Uh. Let's see here. So Pearson, he ended up moving to a place called Wooden Bong. So this is a quote from Pearson as to what inspired him to make this Wooden Bong. But as soon as I heard Wooden Bong, I envisioned a wooden bong. <laughs> that is the creativity that we need in this world today. He just heard the. It's like it reminds me of uh, Noah's Arcade uh, with, yes. from Wayne's World. 
This stuff just, yes. it just comes to his wife. He just, it, it just, just comes to me. It just comes to me. So, he, oh yeah, Mister Pearson built one bong that stood at one point five meters, but he had an even bigger goal that he believed would bring droves of tourists to the rural community. I believe people from all over the world share my dream. <laughs> I envision a giant wooden bong, taller than the big merino. Tourism's our only option for survival of this dying village. Absolutely it is. Jesus but Christ. somehow this wooden bong idea hasn't been universally accepted by the people of Australia, and I don't understand why. He has started a petition to gain support for the idea, which includes a giant wooden bong with a tourist information center underneath. However, the concept had mixed reviews. Uh, Dude, this is fucking hilarious. Githable elder and wooden bong local Gloria Williams said the town's name was adapted from, obviously I have no clue how to pronounce it, pronounce this from the local indigenous word Nagungung Bunch. Yeah. Right. I don't know. If, I'm obviously, I have no clue what that is. Right. It's N G A N D G U N G B U N J. Some interpret that as meaning duck on water. But Miss Williams said she had been told it meant place of the platypus. The name <laughs> Wooden Bong has nothing to do with the bong. We don't need anything else man made. We've got enough natural beauty here. We've got beautiful landscapes and mountains. And according to a uh, wooden bong based Kyogle Shile counselor, Lindsay Pass- Passfield, she says uh, she doesn't mind the idea of a big thing, but she thinks the bong was wrong. I don't know what's wrong Why with it. wrong with you? Come on. Come on. But of course, I mean, you don't just get to be hero of the week if you don't have any resistance, any pushback. Paul Pearson, you're brave, my man. Get this bong Mr. done. Mr. Pearson, he says he's undeterred by the criticism. I don't think I need to convince people. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> the comedy factor speaks for itself. It's an unfulfilled prophecy. It has to be played out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So who That's knows? That's why he's a hero. That's why he's a hero. That is why he is a hero. So there it is. Paul Pearson. Get it done, my man. Uh, we support you here uh, in the States. And when we're when we're in Australia, we hope to stop by Woodenbong and perhaps see if it works or not. Yeah, dude, I'll fucking fire that shit up. <laughs> Let's go. I think it's in New South Wales. I forget where. I don't know where the, exactly that is, but I would definitely go and fire up that fucking bad boy uh, if I can get a chance. Ve- of course. Oh my god, if it if it's functioning, that would just be remarkable and a true piece of art. And he has uh, a picture of him with all of his other bongs, sort of uh, uh, ex- um, displayed out in front of him. And I gotta say, they look pretty fun. They look. They're, no, they're it looks like he's doing a good job. Yeah. He's doing a good job. He's very talented. This is. Oh, they found the they found the people who got that horse stolen from them oh, in Kansas City. We have another update here. That's right. They, they it's just people are very upset because it was their pet, and someone oh. stole it and stripped it of its meat. <laughs> but we don't know. Nobody knows who. That's horrible. Okay, so this is. Oh, I got a lot of kickback from um, various friends that are ecologists and people. Uh, definitely, uh, the, uh, I have one friend in particular that said that uh, my idea of having a thing called Dump Town is uh, should be outlawed yeah and that i am a criminal against the world for even conceiving (laughs) (laughs) well i i I do think that people might not necessarily need to take um, all of your political ideas 
and take them so literally. I don't know. I come up with ideas. That's all I do. I know That's it. what I am. I give of ideas freely so to the universe. I, take them as you will. I know what you do. So this is, again, the update on the horror story. A Metro family wants justice after pet horse was stolen and found dismembered. Um, the Val- it's the Valdez family believes the horse, which has dis- which was discovered by someone playing disc golf, was stolen from a friend's farm in Kansas City. This is according to Valdez. Uh, this is an 11 year old Michelle Valdez. She says, "I didn't want to believe that it was her in the park. I started riding her like when I was two or three years old." On Tuesday, investigators said someone butchered the horse for the meat and dumped the parts. Uh, in the park. So she goes on to say, I don't know why they only interviewed the 11-year-old. She said, if I was going through a rough time or something, I'd get on my horse and start getting relaxed. She's 11! What is I going mean, that's on? What people she do. like the marble people like horses. <laughs> people like horses. Yes, and she does sound like she does sound like a man who lives off the grid. Yes. <laughs> the father, Miguel Valdez, says, I was very upset and angry because I never expected something like that. Uh and finally What if you did? I what don't know. What if every day you stood out in the backyard being like, Someone's going to take that horse. Someone's going to cut its dick off. She's been like, Daddy, I'm trying to relax. Daddy, can't you see? I only love to be a field. Oh, man. So the dad says this about talking to the family for the first time. He had to tell their nine-year-old Sonata uh, about this. He says, when they showed me those parts, I was even crying. uh, The way they did it. Um, the way they cut her up was awful. The daughter said, I just can't imagine someone doing that to a horse. And I, I agree. I just, it's not good meat. I don't like horse meat, no. so I don't really understand. No, but. there was something in the in in the collective unconscious regarding horse meat. Marcus was talking about it in Iceland. You had it, and then we had this horse story. So I'm just going to do this. Classic Ben Kissel, horses, leave them alone. Leave That's what alone. I'm saying. Leave them alone. I, I mean, they just you know there are your horses but leave them alone leave them alone you know it's just very strange to i mean i just don't know why they did this in the middle of america i don't know why they put it in a disc golf course i don't know i don't know i don't understand why any of this happened also food is pretty cheap here once you go to the 99 cent menu at your mcdonald's which i ordered a crap load of the other day by the way um oh I don't know why. Why? Because it was Brooke got a job at the New York Post for reporting, and then she had to be up yes. really early. So I ordered like a hundred dollars worth of McDonald's breakfast, and then I've just been like eating that. Why? Because I thought it's it would just be nice. You and her. No, I know. I just we had a pound of McDonald's. How much does she eat? No, she did not eat. She Nothing. had one McMuffin. But I wanted to be yeah. like, hey, look at this. We're celebrating. It was like but Uncle Buck. You two. Do you ever see Uncle Buck with the yes, birthday yes, party? Yeah, it was yeah. just Macaulay. Uncle the Buck do- was a loner who lived alone in a gas station. He also made, do you remember that? He made big pancakes, and he didn't live alone in a gas station. He lived next door to Wrigley Field. He's a Cubs fan. That's right. That's right. Mike, wait. But it was just you and Brooke. It wasn't like her and all the friends. No, it was a nice gesture because she's going off to work. As a reporter, because she's going on up in the world, so I thought it'd be funny to have a pile of McDonald's. It's called being a seeing, good person, Henry. I understand. No, I mean, you know what? I'm going to give you this. Thank you. And say yes. I agree with you, because I do do the same thing. I have done this. I do over-celebrate when it comes to certain things with the food. It's, because yeah. I am also, because I am of the mind, because of what my mother did to me, which is that the concept of running out of food, oh. there's nothing more 
embarrassing. Oh my god, absolutely. For me than running out of food at a group function. Oh, but it, that was not a group function. That was just you. No, group. that was just that, you're allowed romance. to. That's, you're allowed to have. This. Um, but no, seriously, my mother was the exact same. We had a WrestleMania party. WrestleMania was great this year, by the way. And yeah, I just immediately, of course, you buy too much food. You have to by um, by uh, me- Midwest and uh, Polish law. Have to, have to. I want to finish this out with an actual classy poem that was sent to me by Constant Williams. Oh. She's a poet and artist living in Los Angeles. And she said there's a lot of people, which we've talked about in the past, about how we don't like poetry because we've only read bad, we've either read bad poetry or, you know, people have been exposed to dumb stuff. Right. But she wrote the, but she read this poem by a man named Frank Bedart. It was about the serial killer Herbert White. And I got to say, it's haunting. So in a moment of, uh, in a, I would say, almost close to seriousness, Ooh. I'm going to read this poem. And it's haunting. It's a little rough. So it's about a serial killer, not written by a serial killer. No, it is about okay. a serial killer. And so let's put our little NPR hats Uh-oh. on. Listen, aren't we sensible? What a sensible group we are, you and I, Kissel. <laughs> just sitting and thinking and uh, measured responses. I'll, I'll never forget touring NPR because we were so desperate to try to get a radio show and all this stuff. And the offices are the single saddest thing I have ever seen. So quiet. They're so quiet. It's so quiet. And I had no idea what reality was. So I sent the guy uh, the round table of gentlemen. Being like, I think this would be really good for NPR. And uh, believe it or not, they didn't want to totally change brands. What? And he stopped, uh, he stopped emailing me. So Weird. Yeah, I know. Really? Um, that is strange, yeah. honestly, because we were budding talents at the time. Oh, yeah. All right. So this is fucked, but it's very interesting and haunting. Okay. When I hit her on the head, it was good. And then I did it to her a couple of times, but it was funny afterwards. It was as if somebody else did it. Everything flat. Without sharpness, richness, or line. Still, I like to drive past the woods where she lay, tell the old lady and the kids I had to take a piss, hop out, and do it to her. The whole buggy of them waiting for me made me feel good. But still, just like I knew all along, she didn't move. When the body got too decomposed, I'd just jack off, letting it fall on her. It sounds crazy, but I tell you, sometimes it was beautiful. I don't know how to say it, but for a minute, everything was possible. And then, then, well, like I said, she didn't move. And I saw under me a little girl was just lying there in the mud. And I knew I couldn't have done that. Somebody else had to have done that, standing above her there in those ordinary, shitty leaves. One time I went to see Dad in a motel where he was, staying with a woman, but she was gone. You could tell the wine in the air, and he started, real embarrassingly, to cry. He was still a little drunk, and he asked me to forgive him for all he hadn't done. But, what the shit? Who would have wanted to stay with Mom, with bastards, not even his own kids? I got in the truck and started to drive and saw a little girl who I picked up, hit on the head, and screwed and screwed and screwed and screwed, and then buried in the garden of the motel. You see, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to feel things make sense. I remember looking out the window of my room back home and being almost suffocated by the asphalt and grass and trees and glass, just there, just there, doing nothing, not saying anything, filling me up, but also being a wall, dead and stopping me. I wanted to see it beneath it. Cut beneath it, and make it somehow come alive. The salt of the earth. Mom once said, man's spunk is the salt of the earth. 
That night at that 29 Palms Motel, I had passed a million times on the road. Everything fit together was all right. It seemed like everything had to be there. Like I had spent years trying. And at last, finally finished this drawing. This huge circle. But then suddenly I knew somebody else did it. Some bastard had hurt a little girl. The motel I could see again. It had been itself all the time. A lousy pile of bricks. Plaster that didn't seem to have to be there, but was just by chance. Once on the farm when I was a kid, I was screwing a goat. And the rope around his neck when he tried to get away pulled tight. And just when I came, he died. I came back the next day, jacked off over his body, but it didn't do any good. Mom once said, man's spunk is the salt of the earth and grows kids. I tried so hard to come, more pain than anything else, but didn't do any good. About six months ago, I heard Dad remarried, so I drove over to Connecticut to see him and see if he was happy. She was 25 years younger than him. She had lots of little kids, and I don't know why. I felt shaky. I stopped in front of the address and snuck up to the window to look in, and there he was, a kid, six months old on his lap, laughing and bouncing the kid, happy in his old age, to play the papa after years of sleeping around. It twisted me up to think that what he wouldn't give me, he wanted to give them. I could have killed the bastard. Naturally, I just got right back in the car and, believe me, was determined, determined to head straight for home. But the more I drove... I kept thinking about getting a girl, and the more I thought I shouldn't do it, the more I had to. I saw her coming out of the movies, and she was alone, and kept circling the block as she walked along them, saying, You're going to leave her alone. You're going to leave her alone. The woods were scary. As the seasons changed and you saw more and more of the skull show through, the nights became clearer and the buds erect like nipples. But then one night, nothing worked. Nothing in the sky would blur like I wanted it to. And I couldn't, couldn't get it to seem to me that somebody else did it. I tried and tried, but there was just me there and her and the sharp trees saying, that's you standing there. You're just you. I hope I fry. Hell came when I saw myself and couldn't stand what I see. Well, that's, that's great. It. We want to isolate that footage. Send that to NPR No, with no context. I want no context. Send that to NPR. Be like, Henry Zabrowski, he's looking to kind of rebrand. He wants to be more of a poet. What do you think about his work? Um, well, wonderful. That is that is morbid. That is disturbing. Very Isn't creepy. it haunting? But I feel Very like haunting. we no, cover it's... so much. We, co- we cover horrible shit all the time. And then every once in a while, it's like that thing where you really think about it. You think about it from the other side for a second, and you really, like, the, I forget how scary this shit is we cover half the time. Oh, yeah. Because we, our jobs, we, we like to do, it's like we, we say we defang the monster. But sometimes the idea of just crawling into one of these monsters' Ugh. heads. Yeah, and of course we had a chance to do that with the uh, Joseph Callinger um, series. That, that is, yeah, that's great. Uh, interesting poem, indeed. The art, art is art is good. Art is powerful, and we need art it. is good. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We can't wait to see everyone on the road. You can go to our website and see the tour dates. And if we're if we're within an earshot of you. Um, come and see us. We, we we can't wait to see y'all. The tickets. Come on out. Come on out. You get there. The ti- you get there. The ti- we got tickets still left in Vancouver. Vancouver. So come on down. We can't wait. And um, yeah, I suppose. That. That. Yeah, live. Yeah, live, man. Live. Again, it's you know L I V E E. That's sound on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. E-
Mm-hmm. Does that work? Yeah, kind Love. of. Love. Love, but don't grip. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. Don't I'm grip. not sure exactly what you're going for there, but all right. Laugh. Yeah. Let the barks escape your teeth. Well, that, that, not a laugh. That is a, that is a bark. So, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. Hail me. We got a juicy ass topic coming your way oh, this week. Juicy burgers. <laughs> I don't. I never mind. You. Never yeah, mind. You. <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.